Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Yes, sir. It's time for another edition of the Triple Threat Podcast. I'm your host, DJ Shockley. My man, Scotty D, of course. He rides the ship with me, keeps this thing on the road. We want to thank you guys for joining us, man. It's always fun to kind of talk sports, talk culture, talk anything going on in the world. And today is no different. We got my man Deshaun Tate coming up a little bit later. Deshaun Tate is a dude that knows ball inside out. He's going to take us through the draft. He's going to take us through college players. He's going to take us all the way through what the Hawks should do. Their couple draft picks they just got in the draft. And absolutely, they're going to talk about how good the Hawks can be, and if they can make it to the playoffs. He makes a really big statement, too, later on, on who he thinks is going to be the best player in the world in one or two years. So uh, we appreciate Deshaun joining us. You'll get a chance to catch up with him pretty soon. But before we talk anything, Scotty D, man, what's happening? What's up, man? How are you doing today? Man, everything cool. Everything cool. Yeah, I'm excited to hear from Deshaun about the about how the draft panned out and how the Hawks are going to be doing. It's it's uh, there's a lot to digest. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna give it to us. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And we're gonna go ahead and get this out the way. Uh, You did a really swell job last week uh, in the (laughs) world of golf. You took the winner of the Masters, Dustin Johnson, which was cool to watch, man. Uh, the Masters looked a little bit differently, but it didn't take away from the pageantry for sure. And Dustin, man, just blew the field out the water, man. Tell us, how did you make that educated guess so well? Well, in my acceptance speech here, I'm going to talk about how you guys just let people fall to me because I had to pick last in every round. So first <laughs> round, you let the number one player in the world fall to me, which was Dustin. It's because I then, picked Dustin before and he let me down. So I didn't go with him again. And then the last pick of the whole thing, I looked up, I'm like, well, Rory's still sitting there. So I grabbed him, and I, I just destroyed the field, kind of like D- DJ did at, at the Masters, man. Yeah, man. It was I impressive. Had, man, I had my man Rom in there. I had freaking uh, Justin Thomas. They all were playing good at one point. I was like, yeah. They were like two and three at one time. I was like, I got this sold up. And then Dustin Johnson happened. So congrats to Dustin Johnson getting his first green jacket. What this dude has done this year is unbelievable. There's not many people in the world playing – as good golf as this guy is playing. So congrats to Dustin Johnson, Masters winner for 2020. And, hey, Masters will be here before we know it, Scotty D, in April. Mm-hmm. I know. They're going to quick turnaround. They're going to play the Masters is the last major of this year, and it's the first major of next year. It's wild. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Well, let's talk about some NFL stuff happening right now. Uh, briefly, last weekend, the number one thing, we don't have to talk much about NFL, but the one thing we do have to talk about is, What's happened with the Arizona Cardinals? Oh my gosh. That catch was unreal. DeAndre mm. Hopkins is amazing. Three yeah. dudes around him. Callum Murray makes a guy miss in the line of scrimmage and launches one up in the air. And I love his tweet where he's talking about, hey, D hop down there somewhere. So he gonna come down with it. When you saw that, did you say, oh my God? Yes. That that, that is one of the <laughs> best, best catches I've ever seen. And I'm glad you mentioned Hopkins' name first because I think he deserves 75% of the credit on that because pretty much any – now, you're right. He did make a uh, – Kyler Murray did make a man miss. But but every quarterback in the NFL can make that throw, yeah. right? I mean, no it, 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 it's – it's I can't, I'm just saying. But 
I'll be honest, QBs actually like them. Those are the those are the throws we work on all the time when we're just playing around. We're, you know, just throwing the ball and we roll into the left and just let it fly. Like yeah. those are throws we actually work on. So for it to happen that way and him to do it within three dudes around him. Yeah. Um, well, I, I've seen Calvin Johnson do it. Yeah. I've seen Julio do it. But to see it happen there to win a game, crazy. Yeah. I uh I'm really stock on Kyler Murray is going through the roof right now, man. He, no he is, he's having a season and he's despite being four foot ten, he is he is doing it, man. Yeah, and uh, uh another uh big game that we both probably were very wrong on. I'm sure a lot of people were wrong on the Patriots beat the Ravens. Yeah. And I thought that was one of the more interesting games, and I didn't see that outcome happening, but hey man, we gotta give Bill Belichick credit, man. He finds a way. This yeah. Patriots team Got two wins in a row, regardless of the first one being versus the Jets, who they almost lost that game to. But they got two wins in a row. They found a way to win. Yep. And, you know, Lamar Jackson, man, in some of these games, he struggled. In some of these losses, he struggled. I know you got mm-hmm. some numbers to kind of back it up. Yeah. But the Patriots beating the Ravens was a big deal. Well, you're right. That's what, that's what I looked at. I'd heard people talk about the numbers he put up, you know, but the, the, the numbers he's put up in losses – are are they're not good and and I think that that goes you can look at those losses and they're all good defense the Chiefs the Steelers and and even the Patriots may not be having their typical defense this year but they still got Bill Belichick game plan right Um, but I tell you what what you know what the 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 dots that I connected actually in in most of these in most of those games especially the losses he's leading the team in rushing which as good as his his you know as good as that tool is in his in his belt I don't think that's what they want to be doing. They got Mark Ingram. They got J.K. Dobbins. They don't want him to be leading in rushing. And I think what happens is I think teams come in and decide they're going to stop your running backs. They're going to make Lamar Jackson run the ball. And, sure. then, and then we'll just live with, with the rushes that he gets. And that's what I think is happening. Um, you know, they, they, did, they did beat the Colts, uh, which is a good defense. But in that game, he only threw for 170 yards and ran for 58, you know. Yeah, yeah uh, so – if, if the Ravens want to be a Super Bowl contender, get back to the – go deep in the playoffs, you're absolutely right, Scotty. Lamar got to play better. He mm-hmm. has to be able to throw the football down the field and use that as a threat. Everybody knows what he can do when he takes it off and running with it, but he has to be a threat with his arm. Until yeah. then, the Ravens will continue to lose those big games. So, mm-hmm. I'm with yeah. you, man. Uh, other big games, you got Cardinals and Seahawks Thursday night football. Big time oh, ball yes. game. We just talked about the Cardinals and their big win. Seattle has kind of struggled a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Russ has turned the ball over a lot in the last few ball games, but you know all those guys are really uh, tied up in that NFC West. So it's going to be yeah. interesting. Uh, Cardinals Seahawks on Thursday night. Who you got on that one? Oh, yeah, I, I think I think I think in a in a. It's so hard. I, I wish there were fans. If there were fans, I'd pick Seahawks Seattle. for yeah. sure. Um, but man, I think this is the I think this is the best division in football, yeah. and because the 49ers are at the tail end of it, and they they're not a walkover even with all their even with all their injuries. Um, but I, I, I'll take I'll take the uh, you know what I'm going to be fun and, and switch flip the switch today. I'm going I'm going with the road team. I'll take the Cardinals tonight. But I'm excited about watching this game. Yeah, I don't mind that at all, man. That's a toss-up to me, to, to be honest. The way Seattle and Arizona's been playing, both got two good dynamic quarterbacks. It's going to be fun to watch that one. Other big games, Chiefs at the Raiders. Now, the Raiders got a lot going on. Eh? Mm-hmm. Last time I saw they had 11 cases 
of COVID in, in, in that particular team. Uh, they got the Chiefs have some extra motivation as the last time they played in Kansas City. They say the Raiders had a victory lap around the stadium. So yeah. Chiefs are using that as maybe motivation uh, in this ball game. So, and the only loss for the Chiefs, the Raiders. So we'll yep. see how, how that game shakes out. Another big golf ball game here uh, for Falcons fans and Saints fans is Falcons at Saints. Drew Brees, we know, had a collapsed lung, had some some ribs that were messed up. So he possibly won't be in this ball game. You get famous Jameis Winston <laughs> in this ball game and Taysom Hill. Which Jameis Winston? Do we see is it the thirty interception, Jamin Winston, or the guy that can put up five thousand yards and play really good football from the quarterback spot? Scotty D, if you had to take a pick on this one, first off, do you think the Falcons can go into New Orleans and win this ball game? And second, which Jamin Winston are you going to see? Well, I definitely think the Falcons can go in. Um, the, the what I'm concerned about is that Jamin Winston kills the Falcons. Um, I, he does I, play good for sure. As as a former Falcons fan. When the uh, what do you when, mean, former? What do you I mean told former? you I quit them weeks ago, man. Bro, you can't quit. They can nobody, earn me bro. back. They can earn me back, but I quit them. I quit bro, them at like week chill. three. You gotta chill. You can't be quitting folks like that, bro, just because they got a couple losses. What? Well, that's a. This is a whole different discussion we're going down. But what oh, I will man. say, I watched. I watched Winston come up here. I watched the Falcons go down there with with just subpar Bucks teams and beat the Falcons because he just go off on the Falcons. So. I'm going to go – I'm going to pick the, uh, another road team. I'm going to say Falcons going to win. And yeah. I think that Winston is going to put up yards because he's, he's got good receivers just like he did in, uh, in Tampa Bay. But yeah. I think he's going to put up some yards, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call two picks. Okay. Here's one thing, though. Mm-hmm. they got to make sure they know where Alvin Kamara is because yeah. you got a guy oh, who – This guy's got 11 touchdowns on the season, yeah. and the team has 30. He's my he favorite. Has 30- 1,300 yards, and the team yeah. has 3,000. Like, he is a big part of yeah. what they do on their team. And the Falcons, I put that on Deion Jones. He's always played well. Alvin Kamara hasn't had really good ball games versus the Falcons. Mm. So, we'll see what happens in that one, man. That's a big ball game for the Falcons because they're trying to climb back into that NFC. And if it starts with these division games, they got the, they got, they got the Saints, then they got the Raiders, then they got the Saints again, and then mm-hmm. you get two at the end versus the Bucks And the Chargers mixed in as well. So, you got some games in division that can make some noise for the Falcons. Other big games, Titans and Ravens and Packers at Colts. So it should be an exciting weekend in the National Football League. There's a lot of big games to tune in mm-hmm. to this weekend. College football, obviously the big story has been the last couple of weeks, how many teams have been out with COVID issues. Uh, I think three weeks ago they had 10 cancellations of games. Last week was nine cancellations of games. Uh, I think there's around eight this week, so – you got to keep watching that. All right, Indiana State is undefeated. Uh, they got a big matchup versus Ohio State. Can Indiana make some noise? Can they really, you know, give Ohio State a run for their money? Well, it, I, I picked no. I say no. Um, but um, it's going to be interesting to see how legit they are. Last week they won, and they didn't score in the second half. And that that concerns me a little bit. Like, I'd like to know kind of what happened there. Now, that they, they – um, they they blanked. I can't remember who they're playing now, but they blanked them. They didn't. They, uh, but the fact yeah. that they they were up, I think seventeen nothing at half, and then they didn't score again. That's a little concerning. You're not gonna be able to. You're not gonna be able to do that against Ohio State because Ohio State's gonna put up. I just don't know that Indiana can win a track meet with them. But we'll see how legit their defense is, right? Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. So uh, 
other big games uh, coming up. You got Miami, who survived a really close one last week. Uh, Derrick King, Derek King, continued to put that team on his back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Florida, and what's interesting is Kyle Trask, man. I think he is starting to make his way up that Heisman Trophy list. A lot of people are watching what he's doing, putting up five, six touchdowns every single week he steps onto the field. I think he's at like 28 right now, mm-hmm. which is better than Tua and Burrow through this time uh, last year. Uh, so this will be an interesting time for Florida as long as they continue to have these ball games. And then the last thing is Cincinnati, man. Cincinnati, a team that's in that group of five who have been playing well, they're playing – on the bigger stages so teams can see them. You saw them last week. I think it was on a Friday night, and they mm-hmm. played really well. Uh, a lot of conversation going forward. The Cincinnati yep. deserve the opportunity to get a chance in yeah, the they're ranked, football playoff. Yeah, they're ranked seventh right now. And, and you know there's going to be a couple a couple losses in, you know, in front of them. So it's going to be interesting how they – you know, it's, it's easy to climb up to, the, to, to get to about 10. But once you get up in that top 10 and top five, man, it's harder and harder to, 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 get, to get up that hill. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So hey, it's gonna be... go ahead. Go ahead. Nah, what you got? Well, I was just going to say, I wanted to back up to the Florida thing. I want to point something out. Um, this year, Brian Johnson got moved from quarterback coach to offensive coordinator. Brian Johnson was a Utah quarterback um, around the – I don't remember if he was – I think he was, right bef- he was right before Alex Smith was there. Uh, or right after, and uh, so I'm 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 interested to know what I would like to know is is how much of the play calling he's doing. I think he so that's what's interesting to me is that if you look at Florida's offense this year and last year, they had they have four receivers last year that are in the NFL now. They've got good receivers still. They've yeah. still got really good receivers. Yeah. They've got maybe a better running back tandem than they had in Lamichael P Ryan last year. I'm curious what's going on, why they're putting up 50, 60 points instead of, you know, what they were doing last year. What's, what's changed? And I'm wondering if it's the play calling, if, if, if Mullen has given the keys to the Cadillac to, uh, to Brian Johnson. Just want no. to point that out. No, you don't think no, so? I don't think so. I think Mullen still has a firm grip on that offense and what they want to do. And when you watch a game, you see Mullen, he's all into it, looking at his play call sheet. I yeah. think now – Johnson may have a big part in the game plan for sure. He may run stuff off of him, may bounce things off. Because I remember my first couple of years in Georgia, mm-hmm. Coach Rick called all the plays, but Mike Bobo was the one who was always saying, okay, let's go this one. Let's do this here. Let's do that there. So there was a lot of collaboration. Absolutely. Collaboration going on between both. So I wouldn't put it by, by him that he's a big part of the game plan and he could probably suggest stuff to Dan Mullen. But I think Dan Mullen still pulls the trigger on that. All right, man. I'm looking forward to our next conversation we're about to have, man. Deshaun Tate's coming up. Uh, Reason why we haven't talked any NBA, any draft, because he is about to give us everything we need to know on Mm. the draft coming up next. Deshaun Tate, major contributor at 92.9 The Game, but we'll talk to him next on the Triple Threat Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Triple Threat Podcast. And I told you guys we had a special guest, a guy who knows his stuff when it comes to NBA, college, and especially this draft we just had. My man Deshaun Tate is joining us now on the Triple Threat Podcast. My man Deshaun has been everywhere. He's been doing this stuff for years. He's a major contributor on one of the top radio stations here in Atlanta, 92.9 The Game. 
He's covered NCAA. He's covered college. He's covered NBA. He's covered everything. He's been he's seen all these dudes since they were probably five years old. But uh, Tate, man, we appreciate you taking a little time to join us, man. First off, how you doing? And uh, what's new in the life of uh, Deshaun Tate? Man, I'm outstanding. Thanks for having me, bro. And uh, it's uh, it's been good, man. I've been blessed. You know, it, I, I can't really complain. It's a lot of other people who. Didn't get a chance to roll out of bed this morning and see no this doubt. particular day, but I can't no say doubt. enough to say that I was blessed enough to see it. And the pandemic was in a roundabout way, something that I probably needed. You know, I'm in a, a better <laughs> place, better place mentally, physically, no emotionally, spiritually, probably more important than anything. And, yeah. uh, you know, anytime it comes to that basketball, man, if it's, I tell people all the time, if it's 94 feet long, 50 feet wide, 23 feet and one and three quarter inches on the perimeter, baby. Talk I'm, to him, Tate. Talk I'm to him, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Now, other things that's doing well, people, if you're not watching it right now, I'm going to tell you, my man Tate's got one of the best beers going around right now. So, obviously, the pandemic has done the beard really well. I mean, I mean, What's the deal? I mean, you got you got to deal with a beer company or what? Cause that thing look real crispy. Nah, bro. I've been trying to tighten it up, man. <laughs> hey, listen, let me tell you something. Them days of going to the barber shop for me is over. It's so confusing <laughs> because it was a point in time in my life. See, I used to have the long cornrows all the way down to the shoulder blades, but I couldn't no grow doubt. it on the face. It's no doubt. the way the world works. Now you can grow it on the face, but you can't grow it on the top. I don't know Flip. what's going on, but I'm still. Uh, I'll put it to you like this. I. I, I I, I never hear women complain. Let's just put oh, it like that. I just okay. leave it like that. <laughs> okay, they like it. They like it. That's all that matters. All right. Say, so before we jump into this uh, NBA and this draft, obviously a lot to talk about in that draft. Uh, but obviously the news came out about Klay Thompson. Klay Thompson tore his Achilles again. Well, not again, but he tore his Achilles just coming off the knee injury. What does that do for the Warriors, man? Does, does Are they still a, a contender now? Or does losing Klay Thompson just really – put a damper on everything the Warriors got going on. It really put a damper on everything. I mean, it's hard to think of them not being a contender because they already have the established pedigree um, and the chemistry within one another. And obviously a great coach and that organization as a whole, man, is so outstanding. I think I like to think that they'll find a way. And again, they're in the West Coast. You know, they're in the in the Western Conference and that's something that's going to be tough because everybody is not tough. only kind of been building uh, their teams up in general, uh, but specifically these last few years to compete with them and for them. So there ain't going to be nobody that's going to be feeling bad for them or anything like that by any means, but it's definitely a detrimental asset um, for what they're trying to accomplish. Somebody like Clay Thompson, man, and, and, and just to think, like, I mean, they, they just picked up James Wiseman, number two pick in the draft on last night. And right. that's a big. They're still going to need some guys that can put the ball in the hole. Steph Curry is not one that can do it all by himself. This okay. ain't Davidson. This is the <laughs> NBA. You know, hey, it's hey. something a little bit different. And especially considering the fact that Draymond Green uh, is, it hasn't panned out to be the offensive player that a lot of people have kind of labeled him to be. He's going to have to, you know, kind of. Hey, are you are you talking about him? Michigan State guy? Well, I look, know man. you just didn't talk look, about a Michigan State guy like that. Look, man, listen, listen. Five, five, <laughs> listen. Five minutes in, you're lucky to have, you're lucky for it to have taken that long. Uh, but no, but but he, he's going to step up just like everybody else on this team going to step up and put the ball in the hole. I think it can be done, um, but I'm not expecting a return from Clay anytime soon because that's a big time injury. If you can't tell by how long Durant was out, man. it's going to be a minute. Man, that's tough. I mean, 
all you hear is this dude been battling back, been trying to get back ready to go for the season, and then now have this as the season's like what thirty some odd days away mm-hmm. from starting up, man. And I know everybody's looking forward to seeing uh, the Warriors get back into it. So it's tough to see Clay uh, go down. Uh, let's jump into the to, to the draft, man. First first pick, my Georgia boy Anthony Edwards goes to Minnesota. First off, I hear a lot of people saying this was not like the the sexy draft. Didn't have a number one guy that was really like a Zion for you know a couple of years ago. But was he deserving of this number one overall pick? And what are your thoughts on Anthony Edwards going number one and how his game translates to the next level? Uh, I think that he was deserving from a standpoint of, uh, you know, he was a guy that we had the opportunity to see and it was the closest thing to us to being able to see in college. You know, James Wiseman only played three games in college. LaMelo Ball was on the other side of the world for crying out loud. So when you start talking about Anthony Edwards, he played and he played at Georgia. Now you can call it whatever you want and I'm not here to kind of, you know, throw no shots or no stones or digs a little bit, but it is Georgia basketball. And that was one of the things I was impressed by because he decided to stay home. The the city of Atlanta and the surrounding areas, suburban Atlanta, so much talent comes out of here. It's probably the biggest and the best hotbed for high school basketball, but guys take their talents. And they act like LeBron James. They go and take them other places. He said, I want to stay right here at home in Athens, and I want to put Georgia on the map. He did exactly that. Uh, He had some really, really outstanding games. There was some that were so-so. And I understand or overstand that there's going to be some red flags a little bit on getting him to buy in on the defensive side of the ball and maybe some maturity issues or what, what have you. But let me tell you something real quick, Shot take Deshaun Tate at age 17 or 18. You're going to have much more maturity issues right. than you will with Anthony Edwards. You and me both. Especially yeah. with, all, with all the love that he gets, man. But you know what? The dude could probably take – you're talking about the, 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 the things that you can't teach, the build, okay? Right. The dude can take off his shirt and get in cat whistles from left and right. The build <laughs> is right there. He's strong. Yeah. He's athletic. You have to be that in the NBA. And while there's some people that have some concerns about his, his perimeter jump shot – He's not here to be perimeter shooter like that anyways. I think he's going to be just fine in this NBA. I like that, man. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do on the next level. Obviously, heard about him for a long time as uh, he made his way down in Athens and, you know, kind of held that team, put that team on his back. You talk about James Wyvins at that number two spot. Uh, big, long guy who we know uh, came from Memphis, has that pedigree, been with uh, Penny Hardaway for numerous amount of years. Uh, do you think he makes this team instantly better having being a big guy going to a place where they're up and down the floor and shooting it? Does he fit what Golden State wants to do? I think so, because the last time that they had a player anywhere remotely close to similar to him was JaVale McGee, that guy who's a rim runner, can run like a deer um, and, you know, get rebounds, block some shots. A lot of people compare him to DeAndre Jordan, which does seem a little fitting. Um, you know, he's a, a better scorer from a shooting standpoint than him. I'm just hoping and keeping my fingers crossed, toes crossed, eyes crossed, everything crossed, <laughs> that he's not a Nerlens Noel who we've oh, seen yeah. in a similar position before. But nonetheless, he can score it better than he can too. Golden State with the type of franchise that they have and, and bringing in a guy who I think is mature enough to come in there and work under the tutelage of so many of those guys who have already been successful at the next level. If he has any kind, if there's any kind of questions about how tough this guy can be, which I don't think there are, Draymond Green is going to straighten that one out right away from day one. So I think that it, I think it's going to serve him well. No doubt, man. We, 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 we're not going to go through the entire draft, but let's kind of bunch these next 
few guys together before we get into what the Hawks did. Uh, obviously, the Hornets take LaMelo Ball. Uh, the Bulls go with Patrick Williams, and the Cavs go with Isaac Okora, who I've seen play a lot at Auburn and thought he has a, a unique game. But LaMelo Ball, they're at that third spot in Okoro. Where did you see those guys kind of ending up in the draft, and did you expect them to have the kind of uptick that they had leading into it? Isaac Okoro probably went a little bit earlier than most people expected, me included, but I thought he was deserving of going that early and could definitely be considered one of, or arguably the biggest sleeper in the draft if he found a way to uh, not get picked up in the top seven or eight. Uh, Cleveland finally made a smart decision by picking him up, that's for sure. Uh, And talking about a dude who's just a workhorse, man, a guy who works hard and can defend three positions, maybe even four in in today's small ball NBA, doesn't shoot it well from the outside, but that's not going to be his responsibilities nor his duties walking in there from day one. Uh, So I love everything about him. He knows who he is and he's a good kid. I'm not just saying that, you know, we like to throw those words around good kid and this, he's really a good kid. Uh, When it comes to LaMelo Ball, I've got, I I scratch my head a little bit. I think there are some concerns and, uh, you know, for a guy who also has the build. We talked about Anthony Edwards' build. This guy has some stuff that you can't teach too. The wingspan, the things that come along with being a ball, the court vision um and 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 just the length and things like that kind of a a a spotty shooter if you will questionable uh shot selection sometimes and things like that but nonetheless um it'll be interesting to see exactly what happens a lot of people feel like he him coming in would be a good way to kind of sell some tickets but you're not putting butts in seats right now to be able to sell tickets i hope that he's okay because i don't want to hear excuses out of people who feel like he should have been picked in the top three um but you know what he light skin and i can roll with it man. so we go with that you got listen when you light skin you can say stuff like that shot <laughs> no doubt no doubt no doubt i ain't got no problem with my wife light skin so i let that I let that fly a little bit sometimes here now. uh but let's talk about the home team man and you're an atlanta guy now forget mm. about you being you know Lansing, <laughs> michigan all that stuff you've been here for a long time i didn't know you for a long time so 15 means, years so that means years. you are a Atlanta dude now 15 years so let's talk about these Hawks, man. Before we talk about what this team needs to do and all the, the things around this ball club, let's talk about their pick. Uh, they go and get Onyeka Okongwu. Did I say that right? Onyeka, yeah. Onyeka yeah. Okongwu with the number six pick. Uh, give the, the people a little glimpse of who this guy is and what to expect from him coming into Atlanta. Well, it's funny that we was even talk, just talking about LaMelo Ball because they were teammates when they are in high school and everybody was showing love to the Ball brothers when he was the guy that was the workhorse, kind of like the glue in the guts and the uh, uh, kind of, you know, the, the guy that was kind of keeping things all together. A guy who runs the floor very well. I think that the Hawks, the main thing that they needed to do was to, um, I guess, address their needs. And their need is defense. Now, maybe he is also considered to be a little bit of insurance for John Collins because it's been reported uh, and no secret that maybe John Collins is looking for a max contract sometime sooner than later. And there's some questions as to whether he's deserving of that or not. When you think mm-hmm. of max contract, mm-hmm. typically you look that up and you don't see John Collins' name just pop up. If we're no. just being realistic. 
Yeah. Um, so maybe this guy's a little bit of insurance. A rim runner can play some defense, better defense than John Collins, which I don't want to take away from him. Uh, but nonetheless, he's a guy that's going to work. And he has a better offensive game than people give him credit for. He's very balanced on both sides of the ball. And I like what the Atlanta Hawks did here because – I thought Isaac Okoro should have been that guy. And if he wasn't it, maybe Tyrese Halliburton as a backup at point guard. However, if you want a backup for Trey Young, you can go get that in an experienced point guard. They come and die in a dozen, almost like running backs in, in your neck of the woods. Right, right, uh, right. And so you go and get a big to put up with a Bruno Fernando, who we still have question marks about. Clint Capella, we haven't seen in an NBA uniform yet. And Dwayne Dedman, uh, who's probably slightly above average at best. So I think it's a good pick. Now, with what you just said, you talked about Clint Capella. That's a guy who uh, I'm sure Hawks fans know a lot about and we're wondering what's going to happen now that you bring in a guy who plays the center spot. What happens with Clint Capella? Do we see him in a uniform? Do, uh, does, you know, bringing uh, Yekka on, does that change everything for the Hawks when it comes to that position? Or, you know, can we cohabitate with both? I I think that you cross that bridge when you get to it. One thing I do know about Onyeka Okongwu as to whether it is John Collins, whether it is um, a Clint Capella or Bruno Fernando, Dwayne Dedman, he's going to challenge guys. That's just the way that he's wired. That's the way he's built. And that's something that I do love, uh, particularly about him in, in his game. Now, in terms of Clint Capella coming off the injury, we don't even know what that looks like yet. You know what I mean? Like if you only live on one side of the coin, if you only live on heads, Nobody can even, you can't even talk to anybody about what tails looks like. All you know right. is that it's called tails. That's right. the only thing that you know. So we don't know about Clint Capella yet. And I know that, you know, there are some skepticism about Anika Okangu just coming down yesterday, hours slightly right before the draft, about having like a big toe injury or something like that. That probably raises red flags for people, especially when you're talking about a big man right. in, in such a game that is transition based. Uh, but I think he'll be just fine. He's going to be out for a few weeks, but I think it'll all be worth it in the end, and they'll be happy that they took him. Oh, man, that's that's pretty crazy. I mean, we just, we're just we getting news now that Detman just got traded to Detroit. I mean, things are constantly, constantly happening and moving uh, in this day and age, and obviously uh, big news going around. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, I'm going I'm to tell you a statement that I heard, and I'm going to see if you agree or disagree with it. Jalen Rose said that the Atlanta Hawks are a team that will absolutely be in the playoffs next year. With the way this team is constructed, with how Trey Young came on last year, John Collins asking for more money, whatever it may be, bringing on new talent. Do you agree or disagree with what Jalen Rose said? Um, I, you're not putting a, bullet, a gun to my head or anything like that, <laughs> but... Um, you know, I think that they will be a playoff team. You know, I, I really believe they will. Things are going to shake up to where now the nine and 10 spot and seating has a somewhat, which I consider kind of like in football to be wild card, but opportunity to be uh, in the NBA playoffs. And I think that they had a realistic chance of doing that last year. If in the event that there wasn't the situation where John Collins was out for 25 games. Uh, but nonetheless, they have some things to figure out. They have to address defense. They need more adults. Okay, that's just the reality of it. There's been some conversations about, you know, Marcus Smart, Gordon Hayward on this team, Rajon Rondo being another one. They have to get more adult supervision in here that can be <laughs> emotional, you know, uh, leaders, you know, guys with some buck, you know, yeah. 
they've got a lot of nice guys on the team. Not the worst thing in the world, but they need. You say that. they need a couple of dogs out there. That was yeah, they need, yeah, yeah. No pun intended for my boy <laughs> Shot Man, but uh, <laughs> but but I think that I, I think that they will be a playoff team. I don't think that's something I'm in a hurry to whip out my sharpie marker and make sure that I put it on the bracket or anything like that. Sign off on it, but I think that they have a really good chance to be. Anytime you got a, somebody like a Trey Young who's been doing a really good job with the rest of those guys that are there in those pieces. You get Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, some of those guys with another year under their belt. I think that it's safe to say that Jalen Rose was right, even if he is a Wolverine. Yeah, I know. I know that. I know you didn't like to hear that too much. Talk about a Wolverine, <laughs> which you've been a Michigan State guy. But, uh, you know, a couple of picks later, the Knicks, a team who obviously the Hawks uh, see a lot of, they take Obi Topin. What, what are your thoughts on him and his progression? I mean, I know a lot of talk is, this guy doesn't play defense. This guy is a uh, a guy who's a disadvantage when he's on that side of the floor. Uh, but your thoughts on him and him going to the Knicks? Yeah, I don't know where they're finding 23-year-old sophomores in college at, but he's one <laughs> of them for sure. Uh, a guy who, you know, does have some question marks about him defensively, occasionally rebounding, definitely rim protection being another one. But when you start talking about athleticism and maturity, he's mature enough to be able to play in this league. I don't think there's any question marks about him there. And a very good jump shot. He shot it at a very, you know, good clip where today's basketball is really all about uh, being able to have those stretch fours and guys that can play and things like that. His lateral movement is not as good as I like it to be either from a defensive standpoint to keep up with other guys, maybe in pick and roll situations or whatever, what have you. Um, but we can say that about every single guy, every 60 of them whose name was called on yesterday. There will be times when there won't be leak outs. When you, every time you've seen Obi Top in this past year uh, a play and 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 now leading up to the draft where you see these highlights of him dunking it. He was always in fast break situation with everybody else on the opposite end of the court. I don't know if that's <laughs> cherry picking. I don't know if he's just finding a way to leak out one way or another, but that's not going to fly here in the NBA. Again, no pun intended because he's a Dayton flyer, but um, going to New York, man, I tell you what, if he's not on his game, that fan base is going to run him right out of the door. But of course I'm, I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed for him. All right, man. In the second round, the Hawks winning got Skyler Mays, a uh, guy uh, shooting guard from LSU. Uh, how does he fit into uh, what the Falcons – I mean, not the Falcons, excuse me, what the Hawks want to do? You know, football season. I'm still locked in on football. But Hawks, I know you are. What, I ain't surprised. What do the Hawks, you know, feel as though uh, this guy brings to an already kind of deep back what we think? Well, some toughness, man. I watched them quite a bit in the SEC over at LSU, and they were one of the toughest teams in the country last year, win, lose, or draw, and he was a big part of that. Uh, maybe not necessarily the guy that got as much publicity or attention as I think a lot of times he could have deserved, but uh, for a guy who can shoot it as well as he can, I'm not going to be go all out and call him a shooter, uh, but he can shoot it. He's not a guy you're going to keep on having to run out there at him and try and close out on him. After so many of those, you're going to have to put a body on this dude. And speaking of body, he has one of uh, the good ones uh, as well. He can maybe shed a couple pounds. Got a little baby fat up under there, but he's not. <laughs> he's also not a guy that you want to shed too much because you want him to have a little bit of that. He's got some grittiness to his game. Um, and uh, I think that in the event that he makes the team, you know, he, he should be a pretty good Hawk. I, I just think that he's going to be one of those guys that's going to take some time if they're patient enough with him to see exactly what they can get out of him. But I'm not sure that they are. I'll tell you, I want to ask you about, obviously, there are a lot of things going on around the league. And I know you're, you're tuned into all of it. 
uh, earlier this week. And while we're taping this, none of this has happened yet. But while early in the week, you hear James Harden turn down 50 M's for a year. To he wants to go to the Nets. Do you think it happens? Do you think he goes to the Nets? Or you think he plays this season in Houston? And if he goes to the Nets, are they an automatic? They're going to be playing for a championship. And probably the front runner, you have to almost kind of put it out there to say that. It's all about this NBA is just really all about offense. If I told you to tell me who the top five or top 10 best perimeter defenders are after Patrick Beverly and some of those guys, it's going to start really getting slim with a bunch of ums and uhs. It's yeah. so offensively based. It almost kind of reminds me of that Pac-12 or Big 12 football to an extent <laughs> where it's all about putting points on the board. Um, and, and so as far as that goes, it, it, these guys are, it's all about being friends now. I'm under the impression that a lot of these guys want to help one another win championships versus mm -hmm. keep one another from winning championships. So I think that it is a little bit different uh, in that regard, but nonetheless, it's 2020. Nothing's going to surprise me. I'm not in a position to say that I can't see him going there because I wasn't under the impression of which uh, I really believe that uh, Kevin Durant was going to leave and go to Golden State or anything else. So as it stands right now, I think if it's, if it's possible financially, then it can happen. Uh, but we'll just have to wait and see just like everybody else. I, I just don't know if they have enough basketball. I feel bad for the other guys whose last names are not Irving or, or, or Harden or Durant. Like I can right. see the other guys standing over there in the corner doing jumping jacks, talking about <laughs> pass me the ball. Now right. you want those guys to, to, to buy all in on the defensive side? I don't think so. Man, that's crazy. Turning down 50 M's right now is crazy. Must be but nice, Shock. Must hey, be hey, nice, man. I guess, I guess it's about winning, man. I guess you want to <laughs> win a championship. That's what it matters. But, that's right. um, you know, in every sport, the salary cap is always a big deal. It don't matter what sport it is. It goes up and down. Why in the NBA did the salary cap just come out a few days ago? Yeah, I don't know. I think that there's so much uh, going on within the league in regards to that and, and the collective bargaining agreements about that time for that to probably kind of be restructured a little bit. Um, but outside of that, I think COVID has really kind of pushed back a whole lot of stuff uh, that's happening in the NBA right now and so much other stuff on the forefront of the minds of those who make the biggest decisions, including the um, in, including the um the commissioner and adam silver so uh, what will be interesting to see is how they get some of those things done especially considering the season is literally just right around the corner just a few days before christmas yeah i mean another question i had is uh when you talk about trades and uh they can't automatically be reviewed by the nba legal which you know uh, you look at it and say why are these trade proposal until the league review well what's the deal with that say that again i'm sorry the, why are the all the trades proposed until the league uh, reviews them? Well, I, I think it's really because you we gotta wait till we get to a point where we figure out what's happening with uh, CBA and obviously uh, free agencies right around the corner. And so it, the process is kind of slow. They're still trying to book things and things are still kind of lagging behind just a little bit. And I don't think that it'll be very long before those things become legit. Um, but I'm sure that the players are just sitting back and anxiously waiting and anticipating that to actually become a done deal. Gotcha. Back, back to the draft. Were there any surprises after those, you know, first seven, eight picks or was there anybody you thought should have been higher or, 
uh, guys that surprised you went to a certain spot you thought fit differently. When you look through the entirety of the draft, kind of who were some guys or some players you thought would have went earlier or went later or, you know, just had different expectations for? Yeah, I think one of those guys is Cole Anthony, who went number 15 to Orlando, who I really believe will challenge um, Markel Fultz for that starting point guard position, along with uh, DJ Augustine. Around 365 days ago, going into the college basketball season, I guess 366 if today was if this was a leap year, but um, was expected to be a top three, maybe top five, guaranteed top 10 pick. And after the college basketball season, he just dropped down really low. I think he's arguably or inarguably the most competitive uh the most competitive player in this draft, definitely from a guard standpoint. Reminds me a lot of something like a Colin Sexton, who I'm sure you're familiar with out of this Atlanta area, and or Austin Rivers a little bit, similar to having that kind of career. So he's one of those guys. Tyrese Halliburton got taken at 12, which I think easily could have been a top five, guaranteed top seven, if it was me, uh, type of pick. And then Kyra Lewis from Alabama, who is – uh, I think mathematically the youngest player in this NBA draft is a absolute scoring machine. I think he's going to make some people pay him between him and Halliburton for not taking them uh, a little bit earlier. Sadiq Bay, who dropped all the way down at number 19 to Detroit, uh, is a guy that's kind of like a Swiss Army knife, kind of a do-it-all type of player. Maybe doesn't do anything great, but does a lot of things very well. And sometimes that's better than being in a situation where you're kind of a one-trick pony or one-dimensional uh, and if that's not working out for you on that night, if you're a jump shooter and all you can do is shoot, but you're not shooting very well, then it's kind of like, hey, come sit down next to me. Those are just a few of the guys. Zeke Naji is going to be very good for Denver at number 22, where everybody was talking about Josh Green and Nico Mannion for that team. This is a kid that is going to be somewhat of a stud. And last but certainly not least, number 24, also to Denver, RJ Hampton, RJ Hampton rather, who is in the mode of someone who I like to compare to be every everything that everyone thought that Dante Exum was going to be coming out of the draft years ago. I would love to hear your comparison with the two ball brothers. Obviously there's a lot to talk about and their dad was one of those guys who we saw all over the place when Lonzo came out, it was very vocal. Uh, but now you got two guys who he got them in the top five, uh, both in the NBA. Now, uh, how do you compare or how do you contrast LaMelo as to Lonzo and, you know, who you think will have probably the better career when it's all said and done. I still think that Lonzo is going to have the better career. I think he's the better overall player. He's got some things that LaMelo doesn't have and same thing vice versa, but they both share certain things together, which is part of being a ball, right? right. Um, but I, and I, and I, I like Lonzo. I still like Lonzo. I think he did need it to get from underneath that umbrella or out of that shadow of his dad, opening up his mouth so much and so forth and become a man of his own. I think yeah. that helped him and getting away from LA, an area that he's, overly familiar with obviously being from that region of the United States uh, to go out into New Orleans and kind of make a name in a way, pave a way for himself a little bit more. Whereas LaMelo Ball, he kind of reminds me, I'll tell you who he reminds me of. If you can remember this, remember coming out of high school, going into the NBA, Sean Livingston, who had a lot of that similar build and a lot of that same similar skill set. Uh, that kind of reminds me of LaMelo Ball a little bit. Uh, he can work on 
not necessarily just a jump shot. I think the jump shot is not quite like the way Lonzo needed to kind of retool or refine his, uh, but more so the fact of the shot selection more than the way that it comes off and looks when he releases it. Uh, I hope he's going to be fine, man. If he's not, then it looks like Deshaun Tate is just going to have to be right again. <laughs> like, all right. Before we let you get out of here, man, let's take it back to our Hawks. And I'm going to ask you individually about Trey Young, and then I want you to answer me about this entire team. Now, we know Luca and Trey, they will forever be linked because of, you know, them coming out together and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we know Luca's kind of that big superstar now. Trey is starting to build into that superstar status kind of guy. What do you think his go his game goes this year? Does he become one of those really elite players that when you think about the Hawks, you think about Trey Young? Is he one of those guys that at the end of the season, his game goes this way and he takes his team to a new level? I think he is. And, and I, I, in a lot of ways, I feel like Trey is already that. Um, you know, the, I think the elephant in the room for Trey Young is the inability to play defense. I don't think it's that he just doesn't play it. I just think that the realistic thing about it is that it's his size. I mean, dude, yeah. uh, listen, I'm 5'10", 150 pounds, and I've been this way probably since, you know, my first year, second year of high school. Uh, <laughs> some guys, are you're just not going to be able to put weight on them, and, and you don't want that for everybody. And you want that a little bit for Trey, but you don't want to take away from the brain that he is uh, yeah. and, and the craftiness that he brings to the game. He can shoot it from anywhere on the floor. He can shoot it from, you know, from, from, from Gwinnett County, for crying out <laughs> loud. So... Um, and then he gets his other guys involved. He knows the strengths and the weaknesses of everybody on his team. He breaks it down just like a game of pool, the way that basketball was designed to be uh, way back when Dr. James Naismith created this thing in 1891. Okay, it's <laughs> geometry. Okay, yeah. and, and he does a very good job at breaking the game down in that respect. Uh, he wants a little bit more help. You can't blame him. I don't think it's all about a payday for him. Uh, he does want to win a championship. He's obviously very competitive. Uh, and, and, and I like what he brings to the game. As far as Luka goes, I, I really believe that it won't be very long. Maybe, maybe a year might be considered premature. Two years is most realistic. Uh, that he'll be the best player in the NBA. And that's just the reality of what it, what it is. But you talked about them being paired together and things like that. I see it like this. Everybody's going to say how messed up the Hawks did in the draft in comparison, not taking Luka or whatever else, what have you. Um, let's look at it like this, okay? The, the, let's see if I can explain this in a way that I know you'll understand it. The, the Texans picked Deshaun Watson. OK, now they could have had Patrick Mahomes now because Patrick Mahomes clearly appears to be the better player or whatever. OK, and having a better career so far or whatever. That doesn't mean that Deshaun Watson, who has a really awesome first name, by the way, that doesn't mean that he's a bum. You know what I mean? That just means no that doubt. he's not this guy. No when doubt. you start looking at the way that, uh, that Luca elevated his game. Well, Trey did the exact same thing. He's averaging 30 points and over 10 assists at this point. He yeah. elevated his game just as much as anybody else in this league. Love that, man. That's a great take. I, I, that's well said and well put. Uh, the last part of it is, what does this Hawks team look like in the East? Is it a team that is going to be middle of the road or going to be, you know, getting in the seventh, eighth seed? How do they compare going into the East? And what do you think they stand when the season ends? 
I think that they they stand as a, as a competitive team. I think that if not nothing else, they're going to be competitive and people need to appreciate that. They're not going to go undefeated or anything crazy like you're going to hear a lot of uh, 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 intoxicated Hawks fans say. Uh, and, 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 they're, and they're not going to be as bad as they were last year. They're going to learn some lessons. They're going to grow up a little bit. Um, and we have to remember, this is just another year under the belt of the head coach in Lloyd Pierce, and he knows that he's got to get it done sometime relatively soon. Uh, and I think that they will take significant leaps and steps in the right direction. Will that be enough to make the playoffs or whatever, what have you? That's something that we don't know, uh, but that I'm feeling very optimistic and very positive about uh, where they could end up landing. I think for right now, their goal needs to obviously be playoffs and at bare minimum, an eighth spot. If I'm them, I'm maybe trying to shoot for seven or higher just because I want to show to people that it was not a fluke. And had this been last year, you know, a lot of people would have been paying a lot more attention to us a lot more uh, sooner. Awesome, man. Well, Tate, man, you always been a A1 solid dude with me, man. We appreciate <laughs> you coming on here, dropping some jewels to all the people, I'm sure. Uh, great insight, man. Uh, forever I've known you always had great insight and know the game of basketball like nobody else. So, man, we appreciate you, man. Uh, tell people where they can follow you, where they can find you, and, you know, get more of this great insight. Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Uh, at Tate's Take Hoops on the Twitter, that's T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S. I like to call it. That's where basketball lives. It is a multi-level, <laughs> uh, a multi-level basketball uh, a podcast. I like to call it the best, the most entertaining, the most informational, and the most educational basketball content on the planet in the form of a podcast. And you can find that anywhere you find your favorite podcast. That's iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Red Circle. We stream live on YouTube, the whole nine. So there ain't no excuses out there for those people <laughs> who talking about they can't find it, man. So uh, make sure that you uh, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your enemies, tell mama, tell grandmama, tell everybody where they can find. Hey, appreciate you, man. It's been fun. It's been a pleasure, man. I'm sure people going to get tons of info out of all this. Even if you're not a Hawks <laughs> fan, you got everything else. You, you kind of chopped up with us. So we appreciate you joining the Triple Threat Podcast today, man. Been cool to have you. Always good to catch up with you. Take care, man. Stay safe, bro. Will do. Thank you, Shot. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.